Well, we're going to talk about prayer today. And uh, we actually started talking about practical prayer a couple of weeks ago. Glenn and I kind of did that together. Was anyone here? Some some of you were here for that, yeah. Well, if if you were here, you know we didn't make a lot of progress. Uh, I I got involved in telling you how I'd heard about um, praying through the Lord's Prayer uh, as an outline, thinking of the sentences of the Lord's Prayer as an outline, and then filling it with language from the Scripture that relates to all those concepts. And when I told that story, that was a number of years ago that, that, had, that I had uh, become familiar with the Lord's Prayer, and that led me into kind of telling my testimony of how I was born again um, and all that had happened and with that experience and learning about prayer and, and the context of all of that. So we didn't make too much progress. But I had said then that... Um, I wasn't sure who exactly was going to be able to finish it, but as you can see, I'm here. So we arm wrestled, and I won or lost, or however you want to think about it. Uh, it was quite a bit of work, but, <laughs> but it's a joy. All right. So, um, you know, as we, as a church, we're about to embark on the, the one hour pr- uh, of prayer and our, when we cover that 24-7 and, uh, and so this is actually really timely because hopefully some of the ideas and thoughts and language that you hear today uh, could help you uh, when you uh, have that time of prayer. And if, if not then, it is something that is always fresh and new because if it's an outline... You can fill it in in different ways at different seasons and different times. The way that I first learned to pray the Lord's Prayer, uh, you know, we had all kinds of different things that were um, filled in. You know, when we said, holy is your name, we did the seven names of God. That was really powerful. Um, The pastor that kind of put all this together, he had a lot of teaching on forgiveness, uh, some really great you know, phrases and ideas about forgiveness, as we know that's part of the prayer. But today, I, I find myself filling it in a lot uh, of different, in different ways now. Um, but the nice thing about that is it can, it, it, there's a lot of flexibility, and it can be always fresh and new, you know? And I think that this model can help address two basic barriers that we find in praying. If you, if you think about the roadblocks that you have in prayer, um, I think two of the main ones are vocabulary and language. Like, what will you say in prayer? What is, uh, you know, if you, remember when you first started praying, maybe you just prayed a few words. That was, that can be really, really powerful. But, but over time, you want, you want to develop your prayer life, and you're like, I, I want to pray, but I, I'm not exactly what, sure what to say or that kind of thing. So the, the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, addresses that. It gives us a lot of language and vocabulary that is, we know is authorized by God because Jesus said pray this way, and the concepts that he introduced are all over the New Testament. So you can find out all kinds of things about kingdom, 
forgiveness, give us the stay of daily bread. You know, you can find out all of those things as you go along. And so it addresses the issue of vocabulary, but it also addresses the issue of confidence. Because when we're praying, we, we want to believe that what we're saying is, is, is authorized by the Lord. It's something that is in line with his will. And, you know, I mean, that's where our, that confidence can really be there if we believe that what we're praying is, is, is in line with, with what he desires to do. And so in this way, I think the Lord's prayer answers both of those things. Because as I said, you know, the Lord gave us this prayer. He said, when the disciples asked him to pray, or, or the disciples asked, asked him to teach them to pray, he said, when you pray, pray this way. And so he's given us um, these sentences that represent the broad themes of the New Testament. So that's what I'd like to look at today. And we'll see how far this takes us. Uh, and did y'all get your uh, concept maps in, in your bulletin? I'm a teacher, so I like concept maps. And um, you can just kind of, yeah, I'll, I'll wait just a second and... Let everybody get those. Let's see, this is. Okay, so let's go to uh, Luke 11. Well, we're there. There we are. There's the Lord's Prayer. All right, so last week we started with the first, and I, or two weeks ago. I did get to some ideas about this, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. And actually, Kyle pretty much covered that after uh, worship, you know, that we, he kind of laid the groundwork for for really what I was going to say, but it's, it's really interesting that Jesus told them to begin the prayer by addressing uh, God as Father, because that was a bit novel and new. You know, the, the Jewish people, I think they probably began their prayers with, oh, Lord God, King of the universe, creator of the universe. Um, but he told them to uh, address God as Father, and I think that this really is a, a huge point because it kind of changes um, the, your emotional landscape when you say, Father, Father, who is in heaven. Because, you know, we, um, the, the universe is quite vast and <laughs> it's complex and, and then... Not only the, the physical universe, but just the cosmos, the culture, the world that we live in is, is I think, uh, intimidating. It's, it's scary at times. Um, we don't fully understand everything. We don't always know our place in the world. <laughs> and, you know, we can kind of feel um, lonely. It's a very common emotion. You can feel a bit lost in, 
and all the complexity and things we don't understand and things we can't control. But saying, Father, Father, who is in heaven, it changes things. It changes things for us. And uh, I thought of, and I actually pictured you, Nate, with, with Zeke. You know, I think of this like a child, Zeke's one or so, and, you know, here he is navigating this world, and uh, every now and then he runs up against something that's a bit scary, and he looks, he looks around, where's, where's mom or where's dad? This is, we're speaking to father. You get, you're on the, I'm going to, you do. But anyway, so he puts his arms up to Nate, right? And Nate picks him up. And all of a sudden, if he's crying or whatever, you know, I mean, things look different, you know, from the arms of a father. Everything looks different. And then you realize, oh, wait, our father actually created the vast universe. And yes, man is still trying to negotiate all that, but he's got it. I mean, he understands it all. He created it. Oh, okay. Well, all right then, you know. (laughs) So some of that fear of uh, just feeling so distant and kind of disconnected from things kind of just dissolves. And, uh, and, I'll, and it's, it is true. We, we don't understand everything, and we're not in control. But our Father does understand everything, and He is in control. And it's not that you have to figure everything out when you say that phrase, but you're just like, hey, wait, I have a Father who loves me. And so we're praying to not a remote deity, but we're, we're praying to a person who we've become involved with and related to through the blood of Christ. And so in doing that, you know, I'll just remind myself when I'm in here and when I'm doing the, the prayer, and I'll just say, Father, and I'll just think about, you know, the, the scriptures I know about the fatherhood of God, and I might quote them, I might say them, because that's one of the things that prayer's about is, hey, you know, your Bible is your vocabulary for your prayer. So any scripture that you say, and, and, and how, we'll say, well, that's scripture, how do you turn it into prayer? Just say, oh, well, I thank you that, da 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 Now you've turned it into a prayer, <laughs> right? <laughs> so let's look at John 20, 17. That's one scripture on uh, fatherhood that I just love. Um, I remember this really touched me one Easter because it's, uh, it's in the context of uh, the resurrection. Jesus has been resurrected, and um, he's actually near the tomb uh, that is, of course, uh, he's in his resurrected body, but he's also, um, and I don't fully understand this, it's kind of cool, but He's a man, and in fact, Mary thinks he's the gardener. Uh, and, you know, she's crying because uh, she went to bring some spices, I think, to the tomb, and then the stone was rolled away, and he wasn't there, and she didn't know what had happened. And, uh, and so basically, she begins to talk to the gardener, who is Jesus, and then at some point in the conversation, he says, Mary. And when he said that, she recognized him. And she said, teacher. Um, And then this is what Jesus said to her. Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. 
But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father. I mean, he sealed it. All those that believe in him, we have a right to call him father. And to my God and your God. He's still God, though. I love that. It's both. It's Father and your God. You know, oh God, oh God, oh God. It's both. I love that. All right. So, um, I don't know if in your map I gave you. Yeah, Ephesians 1 and John 1, 12 uh, for Father. And, um, oh, thanks. Uh, anyways. <laughs> so, you know, those are some scriptures that you could go through and read about, about Father, and it's just really cool. Um, all right, so our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. I like um, David Stern's translation of this sentence in the Jewish Bible. It says, may your name be kept holy. May your name be kept holy. And um, I, I like that because it's just about saying, you know, all... Catch me up in your story, all my life for your glory. It's that idea. Uh, I'm quoting that song. But um, it's, may your name be kept holy in my life. You can begin to pray in your own life. May I bring glory to you. Um, You know, and and you can pray that for your family. May May your name, Lord, be kept holy in my family. May it be kept holy in my nation. And oftentimes I'll go and I'll pray, you know, for the church in America uh, that they would preserve the name of God. You know, we're salt and light, and it doesn't take a ton of us to, I think, make such a huge difference. We may feel small in number, but think Abraham talked God down to just a very small percentage. One percent, was it? Uh, oh, he talked him down to one person. <laughs> that don't destroy the city for, and you know, he started out at a really high number and got lower and lower and lower. So the Lord was so merciful. So may your name be kept holy. And uh, also, too, at this time, sometimes I'll do, I'll read like a psalm um, that just talks about God's attributes and, um, and think on how big he is and praise him. If you don't really like to sing yourself, you know, you can put you could uh, play a worship song or sing a psalm, what, whatever, uh, in that time. But you just kind of remind yourself, oh, you know, God's really big, and I know my, my issues, my problems may seem big, but man, God's much bigger. Another thing I, I've done that I've found real helpful is at this point, I'll remember back times that God has answered prayer or intervened in my life, and I'll start thanking him for that. And it's really interesting. It, it really changes your perspective on the, the new things that you have to bring to him during that time. So that's a good time just to thank him for any intervention that you've experienced of his love or grace. And obviously, you've probably experienced quite a bit. You're, you're sitting here today, and, you know, there's some reason you're here, right? I mean, of all that has happened, right? All right, so very good. So let's go on now to the next sentence. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, what does this mean, your kingdom come, 
Your will be done on earth as it, at least the second part's a little easier. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But your kingdom come. Um, probably most of you that have said this prayer at different times in your life, you have some kind of concept in your head. What does that mean? You know, your kingdom come. Um, when I was a child and I first said this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, I always thought of the second coming of Jesus. I always thought that's, you know, when the kingdom's going to be here, uh, you're, the second coming of Christ, he's going to be ruler He's going to rule over all the world. He's going to fix everything. So we just, we're just praying, your kingdom come, because everything's a mess here, and we'd, we'd rather just be with you or, you know, or feel kind of helpless or overwhelmed. Just take us out of here or whatever. And, uh, and I remember even uh, as a, a child in Baptist Sunday school, they had these big posters, you know, of uh, thy kingdom come, and it had like these pictures of the new Jerusalem. It was streets of gold and, and all this, and everything was very ornate, you know, like religious art is kind of ornate. <laughs> but it was like, whoa, you know, the new heavens and the new earth. And uh, so that, that is, uh, is that legit to, to think along those lines? Well, I absolutely think it is. I think that there is a futuristic aspect to thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, because when Jesus returns, he will fix everything that the church wasn't able to fix, right? And I think we need his help a bit, right? Um, all right, so let's look at, uh, I do want to read, read this scripture, Revelation 21, 2 through 4. Thank you, Michelle. And so this, this really is the, this idea of when Jesus returns, he makes everything right. Um, it says, Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people God himself will be with them and be their God. And so it's this idea of uh, right now we're, we're on earth. Um, the Holy Spirit is here, but there's also a rival kingdom, Satan, and all his minions. And then God is in heaven. And I rather think that Satan's uh, kind of heavenly place is maybe the second heaven, God's above him, you know, God's uncreated. It's not a dualism. They're not equal by any means. But, uh, you know, God is in the third heaven, then Satan, the second heaven, and then, uh, and then us down here. And uh, so I think that, um, <clears throat> I kind of, sorry, I lost my train of thought. So, <clears throat> yeah, he's, he's bringing uh, his heavens down to earth. And so they'll just like get, get married and, and, it, and it, in a sense there won't be heaven and earth, they'll just be God's kingdom, right? And so, yeah, I think that that's a really powerful idea. I think that that means everything's complete, everything's consummated, that the kingdom is fully consummated. Um, it's, it's a beautiful time, it's a beautiful place. And so that is amazing. Um, and so along those lines, 
what do we have to do in the interim time? Uh, do we do anything to hasten his coming? And I think that we just, just one scripture is important, Matthew 24, 14. It says, and this good news of the kingdom shall be proclaimed in all the world as a witness, and then the end will come. And so to that end, we pray for missionaries. We pray for the advancing of the kingdom uh, in the earth because when his gospel is preached to every nation, it opens the doorway for, for Christ's return. And so that's really important. And there's also an aspect to Israel, uh, the, God's purpose for the Jewish people being restored. So we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and we pray for all, all the swirl over there, right? All right. So, yes, I think that's so valid, um, and I think that's great that we pray along with a futuristic look. That's amazing. But what about now? Uh, what it, what, in what way is the kingdom of God here now? And I, I remember growing up, I never thought about the kingdom of God being here now so much. I mean, I knew that Jesus had come, died on the cross for my sins, I could be forgiven, that kind of thing. But I never really thought about his power and presence here now. I, you know, I just thought of it as a futuristic thing. But actually... Wow, there's a lot to say about the kingdom here now. So what, how is the kingdom here now? In other words, what we're saying is, what happened at Jesus' first coming? You know, what implications in, in terms of the kingdom were uh, inaugurated at his first coming? So that's uh, what I want to look at for just a second. Um, Actually, uh, when Jesus came in, in his first time, when he was here, his first message in Mark one uh, fifteen, it's referenced. It's in other places too, but in Mark one fifteen, this was his first sermon. He said, "The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel." So he's saying, "It's here. It's it's near." It's here, it's, it's near, it's now. Well, hmm, that sounds, it's kind of, how do those marry together? That it's here now, but it's also future. So let's just think about that a minute. Um, so he said, the kingdom is here. Uh, repent and believe the gospel. And so kingdom, I, I want to tell you what that word means. It's, uh, the Greek word is basileia. And it's the rule or reign of God. Um, well, actually, it means the rule or, or reign that a king exercises over his subjects. And so when we say the kingdom of God, we're thinking of uh, God's right to rule. Jesus' right to rule on planet Earth. He's saying, my right to rule, my authority, I'm bringing it now. My reign... My rule, I'm bringing it now. And in, in what way did he impose it on people? Well, in his first coming, he announced uh, the good news that he was bringing the rule and reign of God. And he said he invited people to embrace it. So the time between his first 
coming and his second coming, we're kind of living in a sandwich. <clears throat> we're, <clears throat> we're like the meat and the potato, or the meat and the lettuce, right? The first coming. And our, our deal right now is we have to respond to it. We have, there's something for us to do. He says, if you want the rule and reign of God in your life, you repent and you believe. Because if, if he came and just knocked out Satan then, kicked him out uh, of planet Earth, established his kingdom, uh, there's, you know, there was no, there's no part of, that we would play in the great saga, the great journey you know, of the, of the universe, we get to choose now. We have a, you know, we have things that we can do. We can repent. We can believe. We, it's, we're in the story line. Do we say yes or do we say no? So although, yes, life is rough and all that kind of thing, but it's kind of exciting to think we're, we're part of a great drama. Uh, after, in his first coming, the, the kingdom was a voluntary, voluntary issue. He invited people to believe in him. He invited people to repent. And he demonstrated what the kingdom looked like so they would know, what am I signing up for? What's this going to look like? So, uh, and he demonstrated what it was. And so let's look at the results of the kingdom. So Mark 1.15, he says, the, the rule and reign of God is here. And then look, in the very same chapter, in verse 23 through 25, um, just in a very short time, he ends up in the synagogue. This is like the church of that time. Um, and he's with his disciples, I believe. And, and uh, there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, and that was the, actually, the, I think the, I don't know why the spirit, because it's a little G, it's a demon, but he, the demon actually cries out, let us uh, alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. So I believe that probably in that synagogue, only the demonic and Jesus knew the announcement that had happened, what it meant when he said the kingdom, the rule of God is here. Uh, The enemy knew it though, because as soon as Jesus showed up, you know, it was this clash, this clash of kingdoms. And the supremacy of the kingdom of God is shown here. Jesus easily said, get out of that man. You know, go from him. And that was a result of the kingdom. So when we think kingdom of God, what are the results of the rule and reign of God in people's lives? We have to know it does mean freedom from the demonic. Now, we, sometimes we can argue about healing, and I get that, but, but I think we can all agree the demonic, he has come to set us free from the demonic. I have no doubt about that. And anything that the demonic brings in our lives, in Christ, we can be free of that. I mean, it's so plain. Matthew 12, 28 approves this. They're, they're debating with Jesus about the deliverance ministry, and they're saying, well, hey, maybe, you know, you drive out demons uh, by the, by the uh, Beelzebub, you know, the, the ruler of the demons. And he's like, well, that's stupid because, you know, how could uh, Satan cast out Satan? How would his kingdom then stand? That makes no sense. But he said, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, 
Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. That's it. That's all you need. That one scripture. Done. All right. So another thing, though, let's look on. In verse 32, in the very same chapter, the next thing, a result of the, the rule and reign of God in human beings' lives. Okay, let's look. Uh, Mark, it's 1, um, 32 through 34, maybe. Yeah. At evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to, to speak because they knew him. All right. So here we see that uh, healing was, uh, was a very common thing um, in Jesus' ministry. He preached the gospel uh, to people. He preached the gospel just means good news. And it was basically the good news was, hey, life's rough. There's a demonic kingdom. Uh, you can come out from under that rule and come under my rule. And this is what I do for people. Is anyone interested? You know? Mm. All right. Uh I, if you need any proof, how about Luke 9? Whenever, oh, and then the other thing was, this is after he told, he was telling his disciples, now you go and preach the kingdom. So he shared it with them. It says, heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Is that, is that proof? Yeah. The kingdom of God has come near. So, in that sense, healing was an expression of the kingdom of God, of the rule and reign of God in a person's physical body. All right, so a definition of the kingdom. So that's the results of the kingdom. A definition of the kingdom would be in Romans 14, 17. I'm not sure that I put that on the list, Michelle, so that's cool. I can just... Uh, read it to you, but it's, it says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, which means shalom, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So this is, that's, that's like a definition. You know, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So there's, that's, the, and it's, it's a definition, and it's, and it, also gives indication. It gives expression of what it will look like in our lives. And, you know, notice that righteousness is first. Um, so I think that deals with the issue of, he said, repent and believe. Um, because we, we, ha we have to turn to, the, to God and we have to say, yes, I've been tricked by the enemy many times and I'm probably going to be tricked again. But I want to make an announcement that I want you to govern my life and I turn to you and God help me, you know, help me do this, but this is my decision. And that's that uh, righteousness where it's not that we're earning it or anything like that, but we are qualifying to receive. We, we have to qualify ourselves by saying, Lord, I turn to you. If we're running after the enemy, how can the Lord help us? 
But if we turn to God, he can give us the gift of righteousness and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is holy. That's his first name. All right. So, all right. So, you know, so my thought is that when we say thy kingdom come, thy will be done, it can be either. We can be thinking about the kingdom to come futuristic when Jesus establishes the new Jerusalem. We can be also thinking about kingdom now. Kingdom now, which is, it's not a, right now it's not a physical realm. The realm will come later. Now it's the rule and reign of God in the spirit realm over those people that say yes to him. And so, you know, sometimes people say, well, Jesus came, Jesus died on the cross. Why is the world in such a mess? And, and my thought is, hey, there's still a lot of us, and even we who believe sometimes agree with the enemy. And you get a lot of unbelievers agreeing with the enemy, and sometimes we fall too. There's a lot of agreement with the enemy. And the, the enemy brings a lot of uh, turmoil and chaos to the world. And he plays on our Adamic nature, because remember when, when Adam sinned, we gave up, we relinquished control of ruling the earth like we should have, and we, and we gave it, we gave a measure of it to the enemy. And, and so that's, I mean, to me, that, it makes perfect sense that that's why there's such chaos still that is, is you know, um, among us. Um, yeah, but, but for those that put their trust in the Lord and begin to uh, believe him, we can have actually, you know, manifestations of the kingdom in our life and bring God glory. We can have righteousness, peace, joy. At times we can see uh, people healed. We can believe to be free from the demonic and, and uh, minister deliverance to other people in his name. Uh, we can feed, feed the hungry. We can be kind, we can encourage, we can love, we can have hope, you know, all these amazing things now. That's the kingdom now. Uh, and so, yeah, so when I pray that kingdom come, I'm thinking about all these things and I'm inviting uh, his righteousness, peace, and joy in my life for that day. And then I pray for my family. I pray for my church. I, pr- I pray for y'all uh, that, that you will experience that shalom, and, and whatever you're facing and that kind of thing. We can pray for the kingdom of God to come in our nation. Amen. And so the way I see it is that the kingdom is here now. Uh, Jesus brought it, um, but it's partial. It, there's a hiddenness to it. Would you agree? There's a hiddenness to it. Um, it's partial in that uh, we, we, we're not able to see full deliverance at times. And, and not everyone gets healed and, and things like that. And I'm not saying that's because of God's will. I'm not really even getting into that issue. I'm just saying that there's still conflict here. Um, but it's real. But what we have now is real. And we access more of it through faith through faith, through repenting in faith. Um, so, yeah. So, and, and yeah, it, it, at a certain time, Jesus is going to come, and then, then there will be no foes because he's dealing with the devil completely. Right now, his authority has been limited because of what Jesus did at the cross. But we have to receive that. It's not automatic. We receive it, and 
you know, go from there and, and then impose his victory at the cross as the Lord, um, and we believe for it and we uh, walk in that now. All right, praise God. Uh, oh, and you know what? I think we're about done. <laughs> I don't want to go on to give us this day our daily bread uh, because I'm a teacher and uh, most people... <laughs> what? Exactly. The bell is about to ring, and especially in your brain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, attention span and such. But, um, yeah, so let's think about this for just a second. Let me finish also with this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It, that, to me, that was a restatement of your kingdom come. It's just a restatement. Because when his kingdom comes... His will is done. And just think if we're all agreeing with that, that kingdom come, let's believe we'll see more of it. We, we certainly can be righteous. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I don't get all my presents, but I don't have to sin, devil, you know? Nobody's going to make me sin today. You know, I, I feel somehow in control of that. <laughs> Amen. Are you ready to see the kingdom come? Let's stand up. Put your stuff away. Let's just stand up and invite the kingdom. Invite his presence. We have the, the lab to the lecture. Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning, 7 a.m. here, 7 to 8 a.m., Suzanne leads, <clears throat> sometimes I help her through the Lord's Prayer. Um, bedhead is allowed. Bad breath is allowed. Slippers are allowed. What? Caps for what? Caps for bedhead. Sometimes I just roll out, the, throw on my glasses that kind of look goofy. And, but I'm here. And I never leave an hour after an hour going, wow, that was, you know. I spend an hour for the devil a lot of times. And uh, it's a great way to spend an hour. So, Amen. But the kingdom, I'm, the reason I'm having you stand is I believe um, the Lord wants to come, come with healing. Um, and I have a few words um, First one, I just, a few words of knowledge, and we won't keep you too long because we're, but if you want to stay and have ministry more to, you know, done as far as receive, if you sense the Lord's presence. In fact, I'm, I believe one of the words I'll just start with is the Lord wants to um, uh, release greater uh, vision for you as the church to see God moving in a room. So I even, to, even right now, I want to kind of encourage you to open your spiritual eye to see when and where God's moving, and God may be moving on someone next to you. And um, we say, what do you mean you see? Well, you may see, they, you just, you get an impression, or they, they start to maybe shake or something. You know, I don't, you know, there's not a, a way to it, but I believe the Lord wants to increase 
our spiritual eye. In fact, I, I, I believe the Lord wants to, um, to um, uh, some of you have been crying out for the gifts of the Spirit to return. But the word for you is they never left. They've just been, they've just haven't been stirred up. So the Lord wants to stir up those gifts today, the discernment, the gift of healing. Michelle, the prophetic, wants to stir those. They've always been there. Um, and so, but along with that, um, someone with <clears throat> problem with their tear ducts, um, secreting tears, or conjunctivitis and conjunctivitis, someone not the same person necessarily, but someone with an eye infection with a problem with tear ducts. Does anybody have that condition? Back here, okay. Your mom? Had a word for someone, Carla Morrow, a number of years ago, about tear ducts, and, and uh, she got started, hadn't been, had secreted tears for years, and that afternoon started secreting tears. Well, someone else, I, had, I wrote three here, three different, three people with tear duct issues. If it's you, okay. 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 Sometimes I'll do that. I wrote three, so so I was gonna say come out, come out wherever you are. But <laughs> all right, someone's left ear, a left ear infection. Okay, why don't y'all come on up right now already? Those who are because I lose track. If you just come up and stand up here, and um. Yeah. It's the kingdom coming. It's the kingdom, the kingdom not yet coming into the now. And some of you who may feel a stirring, just kind of stand behind some of these. And I love the proxy thing. I love that. You said your mom, dad. had this, I know this was the first one, so interesting because it sounds so, Lord, come on. He just said arms and legs. Lord wants to heal arms and legs. And I wrote three little sub things. Pain in your arms and, and or legs. Left elbow, ligaments in the left elbow. Anybody? And then the third one, I guess, will, skin rash Skin rash uh, on arms or legs. Did I write it? Certain. Like quarter size, like round circle, like, okay, all right. Okay. Hmm. A couple more. Let, did I say left ear infection? Let, yeah, let, yeah, I did. Okay. This is interesting because it's a, um, I think it was as Nate was praying at the beginning today about, you know, our government and lining up. It was Matthew 8, I believe. It's the story of the centurion's servant. The centurion, and he, went, he was under authority, but it was his servanthood. It's so interesting because it says he was paralyzed and tormented. So the, the term, the, the, the word is, is 
some form of paralysis in your body. And I don't know if, it, if that's a separate tormenting with it or, or some other kind of thing. So I don't know whether it was a demonic thing that was attached or not. But if you have some form of paralysis in your body, something is paralyzed. It's going to be a cool one when it gets, when you go, wow, that's been, that was paralyzed. And now it's not. Then I have a, con- then the, le- okay, if it's, all right, I'm, I believe that one's there, but yeah, because it, it has to do with a coming under authority to Jesus, and as, I, as you step under, there's some, and you may say, well, I don't, you, you, when you think of paralysis, it may be, I'm just going to say a quick one on that, you may be, you know, I'm not saying you can't walk or you can't, but there's some form of uh, not full range of movement in there, you know, some kind of. Well, it's a, a frozen shoulder or something like that or a, a hand or something. Is that okay? Maybe. Is that, does that make sense? Okay. Then uh, last one is a, a congenital defect in the spine or the back. So maybe a disc or some, something in the back um, of the spine that was like you were, that was like a born with it type of thing. Is that anybody? Wave, anybody? Okay. Okay. Were they? Were you? Do they like have it, or was it an injury? Born with. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me. I'm just going to kind of turn all of us loose on this. Um, just if you want to be one of these that prays like this, I, I remember. Uh, praying for someone, and I was leaving a, a, a meeting, and John Wimber said, some of you are going to feel heat in your hands, and then I was on my way to go get a burrito, it was like lunchtime in the, and I was like, my hands started getting so hot, and I was like, Ugh. so I was in the tunnel, about 50 feet away from the snack bar, and I, my hand got really hot, I was like, okay, I went back in, and a lady asked for prayer for her, like her hip, but I kept sensing it was something wrong with her ear, and her ear was, she was deaf in her one ear. And I said, I think I'm supposed to put my hand, hot hand, got heated up on your ear, and instantly her ear opened. And that was exciting. I mean, I'll never forget, right? That was the real, but I got to be used in that. So, so let's just, um, I'm going to pray this, yeah, and there's, just gonna, we're gonna give plenty of time for this. The worship team's gonna play kind of low like this, and um, I'm gonna pray a prayer of dismissal. So it's twelve o'clock, twelve o one. But I also dismissal meaning, hey, feel free, whatever. But I also want to pray if you uh, just feel this stirring, even now, just lift your, open your hands to the Lord. The Lord may, yeah, may use, want to use you to minister to one of these. Come your kingdom. King Jesus, would you come and cause the wrong things to be made right? Holy Spirit, would you come and, yeah, come and touch these hands you said, these signs follow those who believe in you, they will lay hands on the sick. So would you anoint these hands 
for ministry. And anyone else who needs healing, these words aren't, aren't just the ones you want to heal. But would you release healing across this room? Now, some of you who are feeling that stir, maybe you feel a heat, maybe you're not. Heat doesn't, you know, a lot of times, you know, it was early years, I'd get the heat in my hand or something, but you don't have to have that. If you just feel a desire to come up and just stand behind one of these, just come on up right now and make sure. Is someone standing behind? Okay, there's someone here for, amen, a couple of you. I just want to instruct you, um, Sloan, are you here to pray? Okay, okay. Standing in for Tysa's sister has scoliosis. Now, I want to encourage you all to not, to not say something right away, but just to invite the, the Holy Spirit, okay? Someone behind Joseph over here? Anyone want to? Okay. Just, just uh, they've kind of answered something specific, so you know they're here on a specific kind of thing needing something specific so you don't have to put your hand on them right away but just kind of uh, stand next to them invite the Holy Spirit to come with healing yeah see there's the Lord's right here there was a big yawn and uh, some the Spirit is breath and so I just Say to any other spirit. Yeah. Thank you. So just stay engaged and watch watch what the Spirit's doing. Anyone else as you're looking and seeing, you may see the Spirit moving in a certain way. And they may come up for a tear duct thing, but it, there could be uh, uh, something like a, a broken heart that needs to be healed that would be the headwaters of the tears. Does that make sense? So I'm just gonna, do you have something? Yeah. Amen. God bless you. We are officially dismissed. Just minister to these. A word for a pancreas, someone with a pancreas uh, need for healing. If just anyone, if that's you, just raise your hand. It was confirmed by two, two people who prayed before the service.